Welcome to the Interesting Football Podcast. My name's Laurie Knox and I'm joined by former call centre operative Simon Day. This week we'll be discussing whether Liverpool are the most interesting team in the English Premier League. Mr Day, how are you and what are the first things you think about when you hear the name Liverpool? Uh, I'm very good, thank you. Looking forward to Christmas. Um, I suppose it is our Christmas special. <laughs> I suppose it is. Liverpool playing red, so I mean it, it's all turned out nicely. Yeah, excellent. Um, my first thoughts when I think of Liverpool are just being at primary and secondary school and 70-80% of people who liked football supported Liverpool because Liverpool were like the best team of the 80s and start of the 90s. And I think I've always resented Liverpool for that ever since, which isn't Liverpool's fault, but I've just, yeah, I, I just don't like them for that reason. I can confirm that at Halfway Houses County Primary School in the Isle of Sheppey, um, it was a Liverpool FC hotbed in the 1980s. Oh, Matt, Matt, you should have been at Hallin County Primary School. <laughs> oh, you couldn't move, you couldn't move for red shirts. Um, yeah, Ian Rush was the most popular person in our school. Right. Uh, yeah, and I think I've just always disliked Liverpool for that reason. That they just, they just had a load of Glory Hunter fans, didn't they? And I don't I don't know if it's the same now in schools. I I, I don't get the vibe that there there's primary schools full of Man City fans now. I think from my secondary school, I don't know about primary school, but where I work now, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is all just the big clubs. I mean, I suppose I'm in London, so there's a bit more uh, more of a London bias there. But yeah, you know, what? it's probably more spread out than it was um, at Halfway Houses County Primary School in the 80s. Well, it will be more spread out because obviously back then, our avenues for watching football were so slim that you wouldn't know much about um West Ham or a mid-table Premier League club, he's a mid-table Premier League club, Everton at the moment or whatever. So you wouldn't be exposed to these clubs, would you? This is um, so the back pages and highlights and whatever would be Liverpool or well, it probably was Everton at the time, wasn't it? Um, whereas now you can see if you really want to watch Watford every week, you could fight, you could watch plenty of Watford, couldn't you? So you you can get exposed to all these clubs now. This is true. This is true. And also think about the eighties as well. One team was dominating. Think about in the nineties. Remember everyone at secondary school, like all of a sudden everyone was a Manchester United fan. <laughs> one team was dominating. But yeah. what, you know, one thing, uh, one thing I suppose has improved in a way is if you look at the last 10, 15 years, one club hasn't dominated. You know, you've had a, a few clubs winning the top trophies. So yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's kind of even things out on the fans' basis. But for me, you know, I think back to uh, one of my first memories. I remember Wednesday being absolutely terrible. It was a, a common theme. Uh, this has been 89-90 season, I think it was. Um, hadn't won all season. Played Liverpool, who are obviously one of the best teams in the world at that point, at Hillsborough. And Wednesday recorded their first win of the season 2-0. What I remember about this is because I had to go to bed early. God, what time? That means I must have been... I had to go to bed at half time. That means my bedtime at the age of 10 must have been like 8.30. That's pretty poor, isn't it? But anyway... Um, oh, I was a nine man by that oh, age. <laughs> yeah, I was a nine man. You're obviously a mature 10-year-old. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, could, I could stay up for the end of like casualty or whatever. I was, I was all right <laughs> on that front. Uh, but but my mum, the absolute legend, had uh, I can still remember it now. Uh, Owls two hyphen nil Liverpool Hurst fifty five Atkinson ninety uh, written a little note and uh, put it just in my uh, just uh, inside my bedroom door. So that the first thing I saw when I woke up was the Wednesday score. So there we go, there we go. Happy memories nice. from that one. Nice Hurst fifty five Atkinson ninety. I'll never forget those two. But there we go. Lovely. Right, Mister Day. Let's hear uh, fact number one about Liverpool. 
Fact number one, in a break from the norm, we're going for something quite recent here. Um, Liverpool's 2020 Premier League triumph was both the earliest and the latest that the title had been won. Okay, I'm trying to work this one out. Okay, (laughs) earliest games, latest um, uh, calendar month. Yeah, date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, they won it with seven games to go. Which is pretty whopping, to be fair, isn't it? That that's mm-hmm. that's dominance, but it wasn't decided until the twenty fifth of June, right? And one thing I did think about that last season, or was it the season before, was that they were they were obviously so far ahead of everyone else. It was like so obvious they were going to win, and then the season got kind of postponed <laughs> due to COVID. and obviously Liverpool have gone however many years it was without winning the league thirty years, about thirty, yeah, and you know they kept getting so close obviously the Steven Gerrard slip one but there were so many times when they should have won it but didn't and I, I for me from just just being a horrible person I think it would have been <laughs> absolutely hilarious if they'd all but won the league I know they they need like one point at home to I don't yeah. know Fulham Burnley yeah. etc um and, and they didn't win the league yeah that, that was just, null, just null and voided the whole season <laughs> yeah I, I, I know I, I'm also a horrible person and I, I was hoping that would happen but, um so I, I, but I do sort of think them winning the league and being so dominant kind of get got a bit lost in the mix, didn't it? Just because of how the season played out in the end, and right. obviously they they won the trophy and well played all their games in front of nobody, um, and it was just seriously weird, wasn't it? I mean, don't get me wrong, it was, it was a seriously weird time in in life, <laughs> but when football came back, it came back in a really weird way, didn't it? Right, it was like in front of no fans. And the games were being played consecutively, weren't they? It was like there was no simultaneous games. If you, right. if you fancied it, you could watch every single Premier League game um, until the last day of the season. It felt more like watching American sports, to be honest, because, like you know, like you say, they, they always spaced them out. Well, they space them out a lot more, don't they, mm. um, than they do in, the, in England. Um, but yeah, no, so in that respect, it was good. It was good for the, for the armchair fan. Uh, well, and also, it gave us something to do, didn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> there was that, there was that. And, you <laughs> know, the lack of atmosphere, though. Although, I remember when the new season started, uh, there were loads and loads of goals, weren't there? And that, that was one theory. Yes. Was it just the pressure's off? And or, you know, Was it just a lucky thing? Was it just the pressure's off and uh, players are going for it? I don't know. And, and pretty much home advantage just got thrown away, didn't it? There was no such thing for a few months. It was kind of irrelevant who the home team was. See, this is something that I've always found interesting. Like, what what is it about home advantage? Because I can remember playing under twelve football, and even then, the, the home advantage was a huge thing. And obviously, it wasn't like the crowd sucking the ball into the goal, like you know. Like, Steve, <laughs> was the new road home end worth a two goal head start? Steve, Steve, Steve and Dave's mum really shouted loudly, just like uh, egged us on. Um, yeah, but. You know, and things like, and obviously back in those days, under 12s, like, you know, you played bottom of the league, like you'd beat them 16-0 at home, but you'd only beat them 7-0 away or like, or likewise. Because <laughs> uh, I remember we under 12 was the youngest age and we started, I think, you know, we were like nine years old. So again, you'd play top of the league, you'd lose 16-0 um, uh, away and you'd lose, you'd only lose 10-0 at home, be really happy with that. Um, yeah, well, there were very, there were very, very few close games. I can remember playing as a kid. Right. I can't remember any like last minute winners or anything. Weren't a thing, were they? It was like pretty much all games. There was one team clearly better than the other. 
Yeah, definitely under twelves. Yeah, the kind of the, yeah the younger years. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah, it was a a draw was a very rare event. Yeah, you didn't get many thrillers, did you? At that age, <laughs> but one of the few draws I can ever remember taking part a nil nil. Believe it or not, this has been really under, a nil nil. This was probably about under fourteens when we actually played uh, at Faversham Faversham Town. Their the their youngsters were in our league, and they would play one game a season at the actual Fathers. Faversham Town Stadium, I want to say. Uh, let's, let's go for ground. Um, yes. My, my, my highlight for that match, I remember getting the ball uh, basically on our, uh, our own uh, goal line, um, running about the length, well, not about, running the length of the pitch, getting uh, all the way up to pretty much their goal line, and then just being so exhausted that my cross just kind of like bobbled like three yards in front of me. Uh, but there we go. I'll take that to my grave with me. I, uh, I dribbled the length of the pitch in Faversham Town's pitch. Stadium. Um, <laughs> did did you did you watch the games with fake crowd noise or not? I pro no no I didn't uh, no I didn't no. I didn't just because my brain my the way my brain was I know it was fake crowd noise right you know what I mean and, and it's like I can't be having that and it's not real is it I, no. I, I don't want any of that um so yeah I, I I did end up because well because there was nothing else to do in life was there watching a ridiculous amount of football that season. <laughs> I love the fact that BBC took up games. Uh, the rubbish all, ones. Who was it? Was it Burnley and Crystal Palace were always in there, weren't they? Yeah. What, be, what, I, I remember the first one was Bournemouth first. Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace, what, um, which was what, just like Bournemouth were virtually down and Crystal Palace were mid-table. And yeah, he was there. And they had them right up to the end of the season. So in the, the final sort of three or four weeks of the season, they'd have stuff like Wolves versus Burnley, where they're like... 11th versus 13th with absolutely nothing to play for. Yeah, and what, you know, what I loved about that is that, B, you know, BT Sport and Sky had actually paid for these games, but they, they just didn't want them. Yeah, you, <laughs> go on, go on, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Imagine doing that, paying for the rights to host TV, uh, to host uh, sports, and yeah, just, no, no, not doing that, not doing that, but anyway. But, but clearly, the first time in 30 years that there was actual domestic top flight football on terrestrial tv that's right yeah the big match on itv that we used to yeah be. exactly that's a bit mad isn't it that before where it would be really really random um you know i, I can remember one of the few wednesday matches about 88 uh, at home to tottenham and wednesday tottenham were two kind of mid-table nothing sides um and and you know and Okay, yeah, it's fair enough. You might want to put a few of those games on if you're Sky. But bear in mind that ITV would probably have, I don't know, five or six live games all season. They'd have yeah. the rights to... And, you know, they, they would choose some really random things, Derby versus Southampton. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, I'd, I'd be really intrigued to know what the thought process was behind mm-hmm. those decisions. I mean, yeah, did they not understand advertising and uh, viewer numbers? <laughs> like, what? How did they not? Anyway. Right. Okay. Well, interesting fact. I like that one. And um, let's get on to our quiz. Okay. For the first time ever with the quiz, I actually did a um, I did a did a, dr- a dummy run on myself. Okay. Um, you've got thirty eight potential answers. Um, I after twenty five seconds, I got eight. I then spent about five or six seconds, uh, and then I just I just hit the wall. I spent five or six seconds, um, couldn't get any, and I just gave I just quit because I'm a pathetic spineless piece of so i'm gonna yeah. go for par as eight okay eight, eight out of 38 right eight okay. out, well okay wait, wait till you hear wait till you hear oh, it's, I, I, it's, I, I, it's, it's a, a 
kind of a new format. Okay, Liverpool have been in 38 cup finals. Okay, and I'm talking about the the three European ones, as in Euro, the European Cup, Cup Winners Cup, UEFA Cup, and what came after the FA Cup and the League Cup. So I'm not having any of these Community Shields or the the European Community Shield, whatever it's called. Okay. Yeah. Now, what I want for you, I don't care about, I don't care about year. I just want you to give me kind of the the result, the the tournament and the result. So it could be, for example, FA Cup. Uh, FA Cup beat Gillingham 2 0. Um, FA Cup lost to Gillingham on penalties. Right, okay. Something, something along those lines, I'll take. Um, so, tournament, uh, score or penalties, and the team they were playing. Okay. okay. Um, I've oh just realised that I do not have. Okay, wait a second. Um, just realised I don't actually have my computer with me. I'm going to have to get Alexa. To help me out. Right, Simon Day, are you ready? I'm ready. Alexa, time one minute. Let's go. Uh, 2005, AC Milan, European Cup final beat on penalties. Okay, don't need the year, but yeah, good. Okay, AC Milan lost 2-1. Yes, same tournament. Uh, West Ham drew 3 or one on penalties. Yep. Everton beat 3-2. Yep, that's four. Everton beat 3-2. Oh, not 3-2, three, 3-1. Three. Three, yep, that's... 3-1 three, one. Three, one was 86 Cup final, wasn't yes, it? Yes, that's five now. Um, Arsenal beat 2-1. Oh, well done. Sunderland beat 2-0. That's seven. One more for par. Uh, right, OK. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Uh, Arsenal lost 2-1 in the League Cup final. Oh, yes, in the 80s. Yeah, the 80s with uh, Perry Groves. Yeah, OK, and... you're on par. On the par, right, okay. Um, oh, 5-4 beat Alaves. Oh, nine, well done. 2-0 uh, beat Tottenham in the European Cup final. Yep. Alexa, stop. Oh, that's enough, wasn't it? Yeah. There we go, that's 10. Well done, well done, good. Um, Any spot- recent ones I missed? Yeah, you missed the losing to Real Madrid in the oh, European um, 3-1. Yeah, we have the carriers. Chucked up in, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, surprised. I thought I thought you could have got Roma on penalties in the European Cup. Um, oh, with Bruce Gobbler shaking his legs. Yes. Um, yes. And also something I found in this. Um, Liverpool in the early 70s, they won the UEFA Cup twice. They beat Borussia Mönchengladbach and then Club Rouge. Mm-hmm. And then in the late 70s, they won the European Cup twice, beating Borussia Mönchengladbach and Club Rouge. So, a uh, okay. favourite team there. Um, other ones, I mean, back from when we were younger, when Cantona scored the winning goal, man, you beat them in the FA Cup final. You missed out. Yes. That, then... that was the white suit game, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you missed out them be losing to Wimbledon 1-0. In oh, yeah, that should have got that one. Yeah. Um, and also, something else I discovered is that they won the League Cup four years in a row. From 8081 to 8384. Did not know that. There, okay. we, go. there yeah. we go. Right, Mr. Day, you're now 5 4 up. Congratulations nice. on the. Nice. Uh, I do that performance. On the yeah. quiz. Yeah, good effort. 10 out. Yeah, 10. Well done. Well done. Okay, fact number two. Let's see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, fact two leads on nicely from that. And it is in the 1965 second round of the European Cup, Liverpool beat Cologne thanks to a retaken coin toss. Now, this was a two-legged game. Um, both legs finished nil-nil. They then randomly played a replay in Rotterdam, as, as you do. Um, how 
how mental the way football games used to be decided. <laughs> uh, they, they drew two all, one home, one away. Then they played a third match in Rotterdam for some reason. That finished 2-2. This was before the days of penalties. So the game was decided by a coin toss. Now, what happened was the referee went out with the captains and a couple of cameramen into the pitch, on, into the centre circle, tossed a coin. Um, Liverpool captain Ron Yates called tails. The coin landed, but the pitch was a bit muddy. So it kind of landed at an angle rather than flat. <laughs> so the Liverpool captain saw that it was probably going to go heads. So he was going to lose. So picked up the coin and said to the ref, that, that didn't land properly, so we've got to do it again. And the, the ref agreed. Right? <laughs> the Cologne captain clearly wasn't happy about this. And they had a retoss and Liverpool won and qualified for the third round of the European Cup. Did they win the Euro- What year was this? They lost in the semi-finals to Milan. This okay. was 1965. You know, I've um, heard about coin tosses uh, deciding games before. Um, it is bizarre. I've never heard of a retaken coin toss. A retaken coin toss. <laughs> Apparently, um, when Yeats come off the pitch, he um, obviously spoke to Bill Shankly, his manager, and his account of the story was he said... Um, Shankly said, well done to him. <laughs> I don't know what he'd done well. <laughs> and, and then asked him, what did you call? And he went tails. And Shankly said, apparently Shankly shook his head and went, yeah, well, I'd have gone tails as well. A <laughs> <laughs> bit of wisdom in that. Isn't it? Nice. Um, yeah, I, well, I mean, clearly, clearly coin tossing is quite a niche subject. Um, but I, do, I did have a similar controversial moment playing cricket as a teenager. When um, what's well, so the team? This was adult cricket, Kent League. Um, game I was playing in, our captain went out to toss the coin, tossed the coin, um, and when it landed, immediately picked it up and claimed victory and said, "Right, we'll have a bat," mm. without giving the opposition captain a chance to look at the coin. Um, and blatantly, he was lying, and they he'd lost, and just really? <laughs> like he che- cheated the coin toss. Which... <laughs> really pathetic it kind of um like you know like when you have people say you know you get those kind of like um hardcore center backs like you know he he hates losing and you'd be like yeah but he's playing in like the isle of sheppey sunday league second division or something like that so that's that's really pathetic then if he's got this i'll never lose to anyone attitude and this is the highlight of his i suppose i suppose to be fair so you're paying for kent's no, no, it was in the Kent League. Oh, in the Kent League. It was in the Kent but, League. But still a decent standard, right? So maybe, yeah. maybe I'm being a bit too harsh. Maybe well, it was, yeah, it, it was worth cheating. It's still pretty low, to be fair, isn't it? Cheating the coin toss. Yeah. The, only, um, the only professional example I could find of coin toss controversy um, was an NFL game in 1998 where um, they were tossing the coin for overtime, which is quite important because it's less important now, but it used to be. If you won the coin toss for overtime, you'd receive the ball and you've got a much better chance of winning. Right. Um, the the coin got tossed and the Steelers captain called um, and lost and then argued with the referee that the referee had misheard him and he'd actually called heads rather than tails. <laughs> so, <laughs> Even though it was on TV. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, how, how did you shout that out? Turns, I mean... <laughs> no, 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 I said heads. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like something a primary school child might do, doesn't it? Reminds me uh, of this but, woman who... Sorry, go on. But that led to the NFL bringing in a rule change <laughs> where they the coin toss call had to be made before the coin was tossed. Seems reasonable. Yeah. 
But that, uh, no, that, rewrote the book. Sorry. That, that reminds me when I used to work in Starbucks in Whistler Creekside when I had my, my six month ski season there. Yes. Um, the, uh, yeah, there's this one lady who used to come in and she was just the archetypal, absolutely just horrible customer. You know, I want to speak to the manager kind of person. And she would always just, oh, you guys are idiots. She would always really insult us. And one of the problems was that she would order, she'd come in, you know, they've got Grande and Venti. And she would yes. always order a Grenti. And, <laughs> and, and no matter what, oh, no, I forgot she was here last week. What is it she wants? And like, you, you, you just guess. And I, no, you gave me a Grande. I want a Grenti. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, but anyway, anyway, another story about her off air. But um, right. Are you, uh, are, you, are you former barista then? Former barista, like, yeah, I've heard the pronunciation barista, uh, bar- barrister, sorry. Barrister, <laughs> yeah, former barrister. <laughs> when, I, when I was in my early 20s, I was a, I was a barrister for six I, months. And then I was disappointed because I didn't know how that word was pronounced. And then when they said to me, you know, you're at Starbucks, this is your job title, I, I, th- I thought it was pronounced barrister at first. And yeah, people say, oh, so have you been a barista before? Oh, damn, damn, disappointing, <laughs> that, disappointing. Yeah. But, um, Okay, Mr. Day, I, I like that. So, you know, Leeds United are our current champions. I think Liverpool are pushing them already. Um, bizarre fan. Um, bizarre fan. This one is probably in second place for me uh, behind Osama Bin Laden. Uh, Liverpool's bizarre fan is Dr. Dre. And oh, okay. Dr. Dre uh, doesn't sound like he's been to a game, but he he's watched him a few times on TV. When he was interviewed in, um, in the mid-noughties, um, and he was asked, why do you support Liverpool? His response was, well, I was touring with NWA in 1988, and I, I just thought John Barnes was so good. I watched Liverpool on TV. So he, he's naming players. He's naming <laughs> historical players. And, the, you know, they're interviewing him as well. Who's your favourite player right now? I love Michael Owen right now. You know, Jamie Radnett, Radnett was pretty I think he does know a bit. So, you know, know he's... He, yeah, I don't, think, you know, I don't think he's ever been to a match live um, that, that I saw anyway. But he... yeah. He's a he's a Liverpool fan. Yeah, I mean, my, most Liverpool fans in the school playground have never been to have never been to a match live. So yeah, <laughs> if they're allowed to be Liverpool fans, and so is Doctor Dre. Yeah, and I think I think that's a pretty solid. I think that's a pretty. Oh solid. no, that is a good one. I mean, presumably, presumably you like John Barnes because he's a fellow rapper. <laughs> of course, of course, and in fact, you know what? John Barnes has probably had more UK single chart success than Dr. Dre, I would imagine. No, that no, that's nonsense. Dr. Dre's single charts in the UK? Well, okay, well, yeah, no, he had that period of, like, forgot about Dre, didn't he, and still Dre, and, yeah, I know, I, I reckon he's had a few solo hits. In, in but the, uh, Barnes uh, has uh, never had a solo hit. Um, I mean, Barnes <laughs> has had, well, World in Motion. Uh, well, he, he guest vocaled on it a bit, but... Yeah, uh, the Anfield rap, of course. Yes. Uh, What's Do- okay? I don't have my laptop in front of me. What's uh, what's Doctor Dre's highest chance? I-, I reckon John Barnes. Uh, if you take those songs, I reckon um, I reckon John Barnes beats Doctor Dre and the UK singles chart. Has Doctor Dre had a UK number one? Um, he's well. He's only ever had one album. Okay, number one. Yeah, uh, it's number one. Yeah, it's, it was the um, the soundtrack to the film, the Straight Outta Compton. Okay, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I just can't think which which Dr. Dre single has done well in the UK chart. Yeah, no, I think I'm I just think... looking. Um, so, still, Dr. Dre got to six. Forgot about Dre seven. The next episode three. I need a doctor, which I've never heard of. Got to number <laughs> eight. 
And a song called Bad Intentions got to number four. But you're quite right. Yeah, he's never been to number one. There we go. There we go. Well, John Barnes, a more successful rapper. And also, um, but I'm like, I think it's legit. We, we discovered that Dr. Alban is a real doctor, but Dre isn't, is he? Sadly not. No, sadly no. not. No, so so he's lost that to Barnes and Auburn, hasn't he? Really, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Right, okay. So, Mister Day, uh, things are looking good for Liverpool at the moment. Let's have fact number three. Fact, fact number three. Um, it is a beaut. Um, former Liverpool goalkeeper Michael Stensgard um, joined the club in 1993, but never actually played a game for the club after um, injuring himself whilst opening his ironing board. Um, <laughs> He was age 21 and he was signed. This was just after Grobbler left and he was signed to compete with David James. Um, and he suffered a serious shoulder injury whilst opening his ironing board uh, before he got to play for Liverpool. He needed surgery on it. Um, they sort of cancelled his contract after a year or so of not being fit. And he only ever played about 50 games in his career. Wow. Because it, it was a recurring injury and it just happened when he was trying to set up his ironing board. God, so it was obviously jammed and he was just re- he just went for the brute force, which I'm sure we've all done before. Shall I sit down and read the manual? No, let me just try to rip these two things and see what happens. Well, it was because he was a new signing. It was probably one of those shitty hotel ones, wasn't it? <laughs> Possibly. Although, as I've said before, whenever I hear stories that sound a bit too, you know, I, part of me thinks like, is, is this really what happened? Or I don't know. Was he was he caught like in some shady acts? I don't know. Some some <laughs> think husband, of something. Think of something. Think of something. Some, and then he spotted the ironing board in the corner of the room. <laughs> some husband came home, found his wife in bed with Michael Stensgard, went to town on his shoulder, and Stensgard looks hobbled out of the uh, hobbled out just his underpants, uh, one arm hanging down, and and that was it. He needed the story. It was the ironing board. I mean, you know, I'm just going to yeah, throw that. I feel like the 90s were the halcyon days of comedy injuries. There was a salad cream jar, wasn't there? A salad cream jar. Um, Who was which that? Was, which, can you, yeah, can, guess, Dave, can you remember Dave that Dave Bessant, was? was that? It was Dave Bessant. Dave, right. Dave Bessant had like, it, around that time, he was sort of, he was the comedy goalkeeper of the day, wasn't he? Right. He, he had like, when he, when he went to Chelsea, he had an absolute mare. And I think it culminated with him dropping some salad cream. And because if I remember correctly, he tri- he dropped it, and he said his instincts. Were, this might have been a different place. He said his instincts were to try to control it, and <laughs> and it hit his ankle. It could have been a different player. There was definitely one player I remember being interviewed saying that. Uh, you say Dave Besson comedy, but you know, with scenes we're talking about Liverpool, Dave Besson is of course the which I, I find amazing. In 1988, was the first man ever. Well, John Aldridge was the first person ever to miss a penalty in the FA Cup final. Yeah, that is. That is a bit bizarre. And that was, of course, a Besson save, you know. Um, yeah, that is a bit bizarre, to be honest. Um, even though penalty is obviously a lot more common now, I, I wouldn't have, I've never have guessed that it took 120 years of FA Cup or 130 years or whatever it was for a penalty not to be scored. No, you, you know, yeah, you just think there would be something, wouldn't you? On like a boggy pitch, someone scuffs one or something. But yeah, I, I, yeah, that is quite bizarre. Mm. Um, I, I will say, I. Without wishing to sound biased, I think Gillingham are the kings of 90s comedy injuries. Go on. Because we, we had two absolute buttes in the same week. Um, in the build-up to a game I think you went to, actually, I certainly did, the, um, the League Cup tie at Ipswich in 1997. I did, yes. Where, when it, was like, it was like Gillingham got to the third round of the League Cup, <laughs> so like about 
literally about 5,000 Gillingham fans went to Ipswich on a Tuesday night, didn't they? Because that was like, that was as big as it got. It, yeah, it was uh, huge, wasn't it? Yeah. But in, in the build-up to that game, we lost um, defenders Matt Bryant, who shot himself in the foot. <laughs> and I think, I think he was out hunting rather than like a drive-by or anything. But he, uh, yeah, apparently he had, the, he had the gun by his side and didn't put the cat, I don't know, I don't know what you do with guns. but he, yeah, Cheddar Bob move. There was a there was a safety error basically, and he shot himself in the foot. Um, and then his replacement was going to be Glenn Thomas, who ran into a tree and nice. almost took his eye out. Wow! So, so talk about running. Well, not run, driving into things. We had a Thomas Brolin driving into an elk, didn't we? <laughs> yes. Um, or was it a moose? Or I can't remember now. Well, um, he, 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 an elk and a bird on separate occasions. Oh, that was he, it. That was it. I don't think Wednesday any bizarre injuries. Um, not, not I can think of. Uh, what else have we had then, apart from salad cream jars? I mean, Paul Gascoigne well, surely's had one or two. Well, David Beckham got injured, didn't he? When um, Alex Ferguson kicked a boot across the room, and it. That's right. And then he he did re- made this really obvious plaster on his forehead, didn't he? Just to kind of <laughs> yeah. really prove a point, right? <laughs> Yeah, apparently ex-Manchester United goalkeeper Alex Stepney, which I clearly we're going back before the 90s here, he dislocated his shoulder during a game, shouting. Wow. That's pretty That's pretty intense shouting, isn't it? Pretty intense shouting, not as intense as a... But, but Troutman, Troutman, the Manchester City... Yeah, I mean, I mean look, look. Yeah, this, this is the whole Bert Troutman thing. I, I'm not sure how much I buy it, to be honest. Go on. He broke his neck playing in the FA Cup final. I mean, there break, there are neck breaks and there are neck breaks, like <laughs> yeah. like the like the Mike yeah. Tyson, you know, the Mike Tyson interview when like uh, he was being interviewed after losing. You know what? You know, he said he had problems in the camp. What's the what's the back problem, Mike? I broke my back. And then like, well, what do you mean you broke your back? You know, you mean you have got a vertebrae broken? What do you mean I broke my back? And he's like, no, no. What do you mean, Mike? What, what kind of break was it? Spinal. Um, <laughs> they're the worst kind of back breaks aren't they the spinal ones so yeah uh, Bert Trout, yeah i need to i need to i need to uh, do my research of but Tr- Tr- is it troutman i've forgotten because Trout-man. he carried on playing didn't he right in the game now yeah i'm sorry so, I mean, obviously <laughs> unless he was like literally neck break <laughs> unless he was like literally lying on the floor unable to move and the game just went on behind around him because they were men mm. back then weren't they um <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I, it, it was a pretty minor neck break, which I'm not belittling, but <laughs> well, I'm a bit. But uh, yeah, I'm not. There buying was a bone it. in the neck area that just happened to be broken. Yeah, mm-hmm. but broken but neck it, sounds better. Yeah, but it sounds like you're not buying the Stensgard ironing. I mean, like I say, anything that's sour. I mean, you know, is it is it like Occam's razor, right? You know, there are uh, no, 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 Occam's razor doesn't isn't relevant here. Ignore that. Anyway, uh, but it's, if if a story sounds unbelievable. There's usually a reason why it's unbelievable. And, um, and I, how do you injure yourself opening an ironing board? I mean, I'm trying to think. <laughs> shoulder, this was. Shoulder. In, I mean, yeah, like I say, the only thing I was thinking is you're trying to rip things apart by brute force. But, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's a good fact. O- Occam's Razor is, is another great name for a comedy football injury, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it sounds like this Stansgard character was actually meant for big things. He was meant to be competing with David James for the number one jersey at Liverpool. Mm. He was only 21. Big things were expected. And he, after the ironing incident, he was never the same man. Poor Michael, Which, poor Michael. It, and he now works in sort of um, 
like essentially with football and mental health, basically to help mm. footballers overcome adversity because that must be a pretty serious like head fuck, mustn't it? When you're your whole career in the bin basically because of an ironing incident. Well, the big one for in terms of you know big careers in the bin. Uh, who was the guy who went to? Was it Milan for twenty million or what have you in the early nineties? It was like this ridiculous, you know, broke the record. So he's like nineteen, twenty years old, and then he's in a car crash in the first six months. Who oh, was that, was that Lentini? Was it Lentini? Uh, it was a world. Re- it was a world record, wasn't it? Transfer yes. Fee. Yes, I think it was Lentini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 yeah, he literally played like fifteen games for Milan, mm. and then that was that was game over. Then wasn't it? I think. Indeed, indeed. In fact, the guy who I did a pound for pound number one box in the world, Errol Spence Jr. Um, yeah, he uh, he was in a Ferrari crash a couple of years ago, and he's never looked the same either. So, what can I say? Just just save the fast cars till the end of the career. Would he still be your pound for pound number one? Not now, not now. Since he's came, since he uh, came back, it hasn't looked quite as good. But but there we go. Who, who would you go for now? Oh, who, who would I go for? Pound for pound, I haven't thought about that for a pretty. I think it's a boring answer. I think you have to go with Canelo though, because I mean, what what he's done. I mean, you know, going, you know, the fact that he goes up and down the weights is pretty impressive. Even though he was a weight bully at welterweight, but anyway, anyway, yeah, I think we have to go with Canelo really. Okay, I, yeah, I can, I'll buy that. I mean, the only other two names I'll throw in the hat, they'll be Usek and um, Inoue. Yeah, yeah, those are good shouts. I mean, Tyson Fury as well. It's not, not his fault he's a big guy, but he, um, yeah, yeah, I think he, he's probably somebody in his shout, with a shout. But, but, my my yeah. only argument against Tyson Fury is, in the last three years, he's only beaten one person. <laughs> there is that, there is that, yes. <laughs> I mean, but especially he's really good at beating Deontay Wilder. That's all <laughs> yes. we know about Tyson Fury from the last few years. It's like that with the Sports Personality of the Year thing in Majik. They had, yeah, Tyson Fury's in it. As a big boxing fan, you know, part of me supports him, but you think, like, if you've only fought once in what? the last few years, <laughs> exactly. I mean. What can't... I found amusing was before the, um, the shortlist got announced, on the. Um, on the list of betting for Sports Personality of the Year, um, obviously Radicano won by a country mile, didn't she? Mm. But if you went down the list of betting, at about 33 or 40 to 1 with Anthony Joshua. <laughs> now, Anthony Joshua fought once this year and lost. I mean, it's, mm. it's, not, it's not a brilliant year for him, is it, to be honest? I suppose technically it's Sports Personality of the Year, so which, again, is quite a rubbish name, isn't it? Like, who's got the best personality? I mean, it's probably going to be the Ronnie O'Sullivan or, um, I don't know, it's going to be... It's, Tyson think, Fury's not a bad shout, to be honest, on that true. front. Um, but, uh, yeah, oh well, oh well. Um, so, Mr. Day, what do we think <laughs> about um, Liverpool when it comes to being the most interesting? Because these, to be fair, this is probably my... Up there, my three favourite selection of facts. I think the, the selection of facts is good, but I'm not having them beating Leicester City. Leeds are winning, aren't they? No, Leicester won. Didn't, didn't Leeds beat them? Uh, oh, God. No, Le- no, Leicester <laughs> beat Leeds? Yes, this is correct. Leic- no, oh, yeah. no, I think Leicester beat Crystal Palace. Oh, God, I'm, I'm way behind this. Leeds, I, I think we discounted Leeds, to be honest. Le- Leicester are definitely the winners because... Um, I mean, for any just them winning the league, right? I, I think was enough. But yeah, Leicester are definitely the lineal champions. I'm, I'm and I don't it's think Kamara moment right now, aren't I? Yeah, <laughs> I thought not, <Nora> Jeff. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but I kind of think we'll keep this bit in. That's good. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think Liverpool beat them. Why not? 
Well, they haven't done anything as interesting as um, winning the league at 500 to 1. Oh, come on. A, co- a retaken coin toss. A retaken coin toss is good. Um, but I, I just find Leicester City more interesting. Mm. And, Eng- and I, I think Engelbert Humpendink's more interesting than Dr. Dre, if I'm being oh, honest. Come on, no. <laughs> Engelbert I- Humpendink spent his uh, formative years in Leicester. Like Dr. Dre, you know, talk about a rapper from South Central LA. I mean, that in terms of bizarre fan, which is what it's titled, I think... I think um, Dr. Dre wins that, surely. And we had, um, we had a, also the Leicester City one last week led to an excellent off-air discussion that we had about the 1878 FA Cup final. This is true, but, <laughs> I mean, we've got to stick with what's on there. What was our third Liverpool fact again? We have the league win, the coin toss, and... Uh, Michael Stensgaard's ironing accident. Yeah, ironing, yeah, for me, Liverpool win this. And I think if we're split now, I think the only fair way to do this it's a coin it's toss. A coin toss. Yeah. Do you, do you have a coin near you? Uh, no, but I've, I've got something I could toss. I, to I was going honest. to say, um, what I could do is take my pen lid in my hand and you've got to go left or right. How about oh, that? Fine, yeah. Okay, wait a second. Okay, the pen lid's in the hand. You're just going to have to take my word for this. Uh, this is not like the, the Kent Cricket League. Um, okay, uh, left or right? Left. You are correct, Mr. Day. Yeah, so. Leicester City. Unlucky Leicester. Liverpool, you may have cheated your way to a coin toss win in the European Cup, but you are not the most interesting football club in the English Premier League. Thank God. Thank God. Because, no, and I did, I, I, was, I was a bit disappointed last week with the Leicester City one, because we did have a fantastic conversation about the 1878 FA Cup final off air, didn't we? We did. Yeah. We, we established that. Um, Two of the goals in that game were officially recorded as disputed because because there was a scrimmage in the penalty area. Uh, I'd love to know what is it a proper hardcore scrimmage? Are they people? Are they like hands on shoulders pushing? Is it? And the ref just didn't have a clue how the ball ended up in the goal. But equally, he didn't think there was a foul at any point. No, uh, yeah. Foul. But but more interestingly, from that game, the referee was called. Um, I've forgotten his first... C- was it Sergio? Seagar C- Bastard. Seagar Bastard. And we established that for, for absolutely no apparent reason, I know that Seagar Bastard had one England cap. Yeah, no, that was the impressive thing. The fact that you said, <laughs> oh, he played for England at one point, but he, it turned out he's actually a one-cap wonder in 1880, which is pretty impressive that you know a one-cap wonder from 1880. But there so just three years after refereeing the FA Cup final, he got an England cap. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> There's hope for like Anthony Taylor, yeah, isn't there? Indeed, um, indeed. So, okay, anyway. so Leicester City are the most interesting team in a disputed victory uh, with a no, pen no, no. slash toy co- coin toss. Um, Not toy cost. Toy no. cost, yeah, go with spoonerism there. Um, you know the famous uh, spoonerism on ITN News? Trevor McDonald talking about the Kent countryside. Brilliant. Uh, it's, it's on YouTube. Check it out. Oh, is it? It is, yes. Oh, I've got uh, my my, my favourite football, footballer spoonerism is um, former crew Alexander midfielder Kenny Lant. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, okay, right. So next week it's going to be Manchester City. So, Mr. Day, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Likewise. I'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye.